Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Hello, everybody. We have Laura Burnside joining us today on Healthcare Experience Matters. Laura is the Senior Vice President, Chief Experience Officer, JPS Health Network, and she is out of Dallas, Texas. So excited to have her back on the show today. Laura Burnside, welcome back to Healthcare Experience Matters. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I know our listeners are excited to hear from you again. And why don't you just give a quick recap on yourself, your professional background, and maybe tell us even a little bit of the size and scope of the healthcare network that you are currently employed with. Sure, absolutely. So um, I have been in healthcare for about 25 years. I have spent my entire career focused on people. So of that 25 years, about 13 of those was as a human resources professional and also in patient experience for about two decades. And um, throughout that time frame, what I have found is that making sure that our people feel valued and honored and engaged in the practice really matters in the outcomes that we achieve as an organization. So here at JPS, we are about uh, 7,200 employees, and we have about 1.2 million patient encounters a year. And uh, we're a little over a billion dollars in uh, revenues for our um, organization. Thank you for that quick recap on your background. And now let's move on to our conversation today about um, providing great patient experiences to move your culture forward. So how do things like morale and workplace culture impact the patient experience? Yeah, it's so vitally important to what we um, do as far as patients. So there's been long research on the connection between employee engagement and morale and people thriving in the healthcare space and the way that patients experience their care. And that's not different today. What we are experiencing that's different today is this tremendous level of burnout and turnover. And for most organizations, I think we're experiencing about 50% or so of turnover since the pandemic started and a large influx of Gen Y, Gen Z employees as the um, older generations have retired, I should say more tenured um, employees within our scope have retired. And so that changes the way that we have to promote workplace morale and workplace culture. And so as far as um, organizations who thrive and can actually be their very best are going to be those who work in the space of what does morale and workplace culture look like today so that we can continue to take care of the patients that are walking through our doors who are requiring something very different today than they were two or three years ago, for instance. Now, is it possible to provide excellent patient experiences without that great culture, or is it really just not a possibility? I'm curious about that. Yeah, you know, I I I think we would all argue that there is a direct connect between employee engagement, clinician engagement, and the way that patient engagement occurs. 
And again, that's not specific to healthcare because we do see that same connection. But there is research to show and data to show that as you have a more engaged workforce and as that engagement level increases, so does the way patients view their care and their perception of it when they come through our facilities. So is it possible? I suppose if you had organizations and entities that were um, completely passionate about their work, regardless of the way that that they feel and perceive they um, are treated in their organization, but I think it would be very short-lived. Most people want to feel valued, honored, heard, that their voice matters, that they have a connection to their boss. Um, and, you know, as, as I look at all the research that's coming in from Gallup, and we're seeing this tremendous decline in engagement levels, while we're seeing an increase in disengagement levels, we as leaders have a lot of work to do to be able to create a space where people can show up in their very best way to be the best person that they can be for anyone they're serving. And as we think about this from a very consumer-driven focus, our employees need to engage at a much higher level than what we've even expected in the past in order for our patients to experience their care in an elevated level because their expectations have changed as well. All right. And now let's move on to communication and sure. some some of the leadership aspects involved there. So I'm curious how issues such as poor communication from leadership specifically yeah. impact workplace culture and the patient experience? It's such a loaded question. Um, communication is so vital. And, you know, over my career, I've been in a couple of hundred hospitals around the country and never, not one time did I ever have anybody go, enough with the communication. We get it. It's plenty. They, you know, we, there's never enough communication. And in the absence of information, people make up their own stories. <laughs> and so um, as we have poor communication or not enough communication, or not even in the right way, you know, and we've got to be able to get to a place where we are leading change as John Cotter described many, many decades ago, which I've referred back to, I don't even know, thousands of times over the course of my career and, and reading his article called Leading Change. And he talks about creating this guiding coalition and communicating times 10 as being two of the important aspects in communication. And I couldn't agree with him more. Um, I find even with my own teams, they, I have to say it over and over and over again in very different ways, sometimes in writing, sometimes in verbal, sometimes together, sometimes on Zoom. But it's a constant repetition of information that allows people to truly understand what's happening. And again, in the absence of that, whether it's from the flexible workforces that we have right now, we've got a ton of remote workers who are doing things very differently um, and, and require different information than what we've done before. Um, but we've got to be able to get to a place where with less visibility in person, we are communicating effectively in order for our organization and our team members to be able to understand the direction the strategy, the mission, the vision, and the purpose of why we're here in the first place. And there is never going to be enough of that. So we talked about employee engagement. We've mm -hmm. talked about communication. 
what is what are some other factors that impact workplace culture that we should be aware of? Yeah. So I um I mentioned it a couple of times already, but leadership is is going to be incredibly important for us. Um the leader of tomorrow is not the leader that we had in 2018 or 2019 even. So uh, several months ago, I ran a little informal study on uh, LinkedIn. And I just I just asked the question, I posed the question and said, tell me what your most important leadership skills are. And I got 12 different um, things, items that came up in the comments that I received back, which it was quite a few. And, and it kind of calls all down into these 12 different components. And one, number one, is we have to truly care about our team members. By truly caring about them, I even heard the word love used multiple times. Like we have to love our team members. Um, I'd never heard that before. And so what it showed me was that there's an elevated care and concern for team members that's different than what we've experienced in the past. We still have to hold our team members to a really high standard. That was the second thing that I heard, that accountability matters and making sure people understand where we're headed matters. The third thing is related to your last question, which was about communicating. And it needs to happen often. And then importantly, we have to listen. So we we need to communicate, but we also need to have a very strong listening ear so that people feel that their voices are heard. Using data to tell a story. We talked about that um, in the last podcast that we did, but data has to be able to tell a story in order to drive our actions. Um, The other thing was about development, and we're seeing that as a key component in employee engagement strategies today, that development and learning and growth opportunities is critically important to our team members recognition. There's not enough recognition ever. It's sort of like communication. Gallup measures it by, did you get it in the last seven days? That's often, right? So we, we as leaders have to be constantly thinking about how can we find ways that we recognize our team members and the more specific we are with it, the more effective it is. So it can't just be a global pat on the back. It needs to be something that's really related to work that they're doing. So um, that's a really important piece. Being flexible and adaptable today. Never seen that like we have before. So again, I mentioned remote work and um, flexibility in that hybrid models that we've never seen before more, you know, as often as we have. Um, bringing really great people onto the team has always been a component, but we're seeing that more than ever too, because people want to work with high-performing people. And I think because we had so many contract and travelers through the pandemic, not that they weren't wonderful, but there's something about a team gelling together that's different. And so if um, we're finding great people to join the team and then leading them to a long-term relationship with us, you know, keeping them on board. It's not just dating them, right? We got to marry them and we want to marry them for a long time. Empathy came up multiple times um, when I when I ran this question. Yeah. Empathetic leadership seems to be at the forefront and at the top of what people are wanting, along with vulnerability and transparency, a connection to why, you know, constantly talking about that. And then um, inclusion, you know, the DEIB effort being so incredibly important today as we manage and maneuver through our workforce, being able to show up as a whole person and as their authentic self. 
And then the last thing that came up was that people still want to have some fun. And so I think we've got to bring joy to the workplace. And that can be as simple as when we walk in, having a smile on our face and being happy in the moment and just uh, allowing us to um, have a little bit of fun while we're working really hard at the same time. So the list itself is so layered. Um, All of those components that I just mentioned, they're deep and they're complicated and they're not what we what I would consider or we would consider as being easy at all. And as some of those aspects have always been part of leadership requirements, some of them are new. And so as we think about how do we lead into the future in order to reduce burnout and reduce turnover rates and increase engagement and allow team members to continue to choose their profession, we have to reevaluate our leadership skills and are we doing all these things that employees are asking us to do? I love asking this question whenever we talk culture and getting our guests different perspective on it. And I want to ask if it's ever too late to improve a workplace culture. Are we ever at the point of no return? You know, I don't think it's ever too late. It just gets harder. Um, I think changing a workplace culture is the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. (laughs) It requires every interaction, every single day, um, every leader role modeling what excellence looks like and what culture you're trying to emulate. And so, you know, again, having done this in multiple, multiple facilities across the country over the years, I've never found anyone who said, well, that was easy. Let's move on. It's this never ending journey that we're on. We take steps forward. We take steps back. But the journey itself is a continual journey. So it's never too late. But I can tell you that if you have arrived at certain levels and it decreases or it goes backward a little bit, getting that momentum to go forward is really difficult. And so um, aligning the team, again, looking at those leadership competencies that um, that I just I just mentioned came out of my informal survey um, and and aligning the role modeling of leadership behaviors to what the desires are of the organization and being in lockstep when it comes to communicating those over and over and over again is absolutely necessary in order to create the culture and be able to sustain it. Another excellent discussion we're having today with Laura Burnside. She is the Senior Vice President and Chief Experience Officer with JPS Health Network. I'm going to offer her up the final word today. So any other final thoughts about how intertwined a great patient experience is with a healthy workplace culture? Sure. So, you know, workforce has seen this uh, this year at the top of CEO's concerns. And it certainly should be at the top of all of our concerns as we think about ways we navigate the future of healthcare. Our workforce has to matter. Building a healthy, thriving workforce needs to be at the forefront of everything that we're doing. It's an imperative for us to sustain excellence, whether it be on the employee, physician, or patient side, and I should say clinician side. Um, It's an imperative when it comes to financial outcomes. It's an imperative when it comes to um, our patients' experience, as we've talked about so much, uh, all of our quality metrics, any anything that we're measuring starts with an engaged, thriving, healthy 
workforce. And as we think about navigating into the future of healthcare, our focus should be on our, our team. It should be on the people, creating that people-centered, people-first culture that we know is what helps us get to the place that we need to be when it comes to taking care of patients in our communities. Thank you so much again for your time today, Laura. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.